All right, Evan, it is time for part number two of the show that's so nice we do it twice. And what's so nice about it is I can tell you about betonline.ag, including my back-to-back victories in the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge, which means not five, but ten of you get $100 credited into your account. So if you didn't already, go to betonline.ag and use the promo code PODCAST1 to get a 50% welcome or sign-up bonus, whatever you call it. Make sure you go there, do that now, and then check out my tweet, at Ross Tucker NFL, and send me your account number. Maybe you'll be one of the people they pick for one of the $100 credits in your account, which is pretty cool. Again, it's betonline.ag. The promo code is always podcast one, and you always get the 50% welcome bonus, and you might get a hundred bones credited into your account. You can see how many people have replied to the tweet, so you can see what your chances are. It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and this is part two of the show that's so nice we do it twice. He's the star, we know it. I don't understand how he has this much information and knowledge of every guy in the league. He is only one person, the great Evan Silva from rotoworld.com, at Evan Silva on Twitter. He's a great follow, not only because of his tweets, but he's a good retweeter. He's a very good retweeter. He doesn't retweet unless it's something that's notable or interesting, and so I appreciate it quite a bit. I also appreciate those of you that know we're sponsored by betonline.ag, that they are your online sportsbook experts, and that you should go to podcast, you should use the code podcast1 to get a 50% sign-up bonus today. All right, we got the Sunday afternoon games, Sunday nighter, Monday nighter. Evan, are you ready to roll? Ready to rock. Chargers, Raiders, Chargers actually have a really good football team. Their O-line's playing well. they got good receivers. Melvin Gordon's a monster. And the Raiders are clearly at this point giving up and trying to get a high pick. Your thoughts? That Thursday night game was just, oh, my God, that was brutal. That was brutal. And I actually streamed Derek Carr in a league where I was in first. I was lucky <laughs> to have, like, Christian McCaffrey and Todd Gurley and – Jimmy Graham and a bunch of dudes just went off and I got the win, but I started in a hole. I actually streamed Derek Carr and Seth Roberts and they combined for like eight points. And, um, that, that was, that was real ugly, but, um, yeah, I, I, the offense is like, it, it, it has been abysmal on the road, particularly you've had a couple of good games at home. Um, against Indianapolis, they, they put up some points. And against Cleveland, they put up a lot of points, 45 to be exact. So, I mean, based on that, I guess there might be some some hope that, that they do something here uh, against the Chargers. But the you know, Chargers are not a pushover defense at all. And uh, the the at the end of the day, like the biggest 
issues, I think, are with the offensive line because Derek Carr is one of the most pressure-sensitive quarterbacks in the NFL. Colt Miller uh, and Kalechi Osemele both aggravated knee injuries last week and don't know if they're going to play. My guess is that Joey Bosa won't be back this week, uh, but either way, I think that this is a a matchup that favors the Chargers up front. You know, this Raiders offensive line used to be elite, and then all of a sudden it just collapses. Um, And then in Seattle, the offensive line used to be terrible, and now it's like relatively competent. And the, um, the the connection between those two is Tom Cable, uh, the offensive line coach in Seattle, where they dumped a ton of resources into uh, offensive line over the years, uh, especially draft picks. They drafted more offensive linemen than any team in the NFL over the previous half decade. Um, and then with the Raiders, I mean, they definitely have, have dealt with injuries up front. But, man, I mean, they have just been they, – they have not been a good offensive line in terms of run blocking or in terms of pass protection. Um, Doug Martin gets the best matchup in Oakland's offense this week. Chargers have given up the second most receiving yards per game to opposing running backs and 4.42 yards per carry. Um, Doug, Doug Martin has 15 and 12 touches since replacing Marshawn Lynch. Uh, and, and, you know, the, those were games where the Raiders fell behind in both of them. So you, you need the Raiders to stay competitive for, for Doug Martin to pay off. He is a guy that I don't think is taking, tanking. You know, he's kind of at the end of his career. He's he's looked pretty good, I, I think, in both of the games. Um, and I think that he is on the in the mix as an RB2 slash flex option. But, again, you need them to be able to keep this game competitive. DeAndre Washington. Uh, who had been a total non-factor in the first seven games, became a factor uh, last week against the 49ers. The nature of that game, you know, it was a massive blowout. Of course, you know, kind of skews the, the you know, kind of everything that happened. But this is a concern for Jalen Richard because Jalen Richard actually leads the team in targets since the Raiders' week seven bye. If, he, if he's going to start losing snaps to DeAndre Washington, who's kind of a, a similar player, similar style of player, um, then, then Jalen Richard is not going to be usable in fantasy leagues. And he is, has had some decent games in PPR. Uh, Jared Cook uh, is going to have to deal with the Chargers' safeties. Chargers' safeties are really, really good, Derwin James in particular. And uh, he had four catches for 20 yards when these teams played in week five, uh, his snaps have been cut recently. You know, this, they, they may be like proactively tanking. I mean, you know, it's all to say like, are they really trying to tank in terms of, you know, like their, their on field player usage. Uh, but it would be something like this that would stand out to me. Like you have Jared cook, probably your most dangerous pass catcher right now. And you cut his snaps, uh, which they have done for the last three games, 61% of the snaps over the last three, averaging 24 routes per game run after averaging 38 routes per game run in the initial six weeks. Uh, so, you know, that, that sends up a little bit of a red flag. 
Uh, and then you're playing <laughs> Brandon LaFell, uh, and then you are playing Seth Roberts and Martavis Bryant and Jordy Nelson at receiver. And, and you're, uh, Brandon LaFell is leading all your receivers in routes run. So this is these are signs of a team that is genuinely not trying to win. Um and, you know, like from a fantasy standpoint, it's going to be hard to invest in, in, in a team that is not trying to go all out and not, you know, make optimal decisions. On the other side, I mean, just Melvin Gordon should drop a hammer here. The, the Raiders cannot, they have no speed on defense. Um, they can't stop the run. Melvin Gordon has been incredible. He came back last week, actually, he, his usage went up. Uh, you know, people were concerned that maybe his, his hamstring injury would linger. Uh-uh. 88% of the snaps last week, his most all year. He looked super, super explosive. Um, Chargers offensive line is number 11 in the NFL in yards created before contact per rushing attempt. Uh, and Melvin Gordon averaging 5.4 yards per carry after averaging 3.8 over his first three NFL Seasons, Raiders have given up 6.76 yards per play. Uh, most of any team in the NFL through eight games since the 1970 AFL-NFL merger. Just start everyone. Keenan Allen had a great game last week. Start him. You know, uh, the Raiders just hemorrhage big plays in the passing game because they can't uh, rush the passer at all. And therefore, you know, uh, quarterbacks have time to drop back, and receivers have time to win down the field. That puts Tyrell Williams, although their, their volume is not great, that puts them, uh, Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams, into play as you know big play dependent options. Mike Williams has six red zone targets, and Tyrell's two this season. Although uh, and five touchdowns, uh, Tyrell has has four. Although uh, Tyrell has had. Uh, bigger yardage games. It's hard to, to differentiate between those guys. Neither of them get more than four or five targets per week. Austin Eckler, a single-digit touches in four of the last five games that, that Melvin Gordon has played. Uh, the matchup looks great on paper for Austin Eckler, but I uh, just don't know if the, the usage is going to be there. I think that Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers has been a, a really solid floor play this entire season, but because he's like bottom eight in the NFL and pass attempts per game, uh, he has not been an upside play, but man, I think he could be an upside play in this game. We can move on to the next one. Next game. It's the Miami dolphins who are somehow five and four at the green Bay Packers who are somehow three, four and one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think that, thought earlier in the season that the Patriots got off to a slow start and uh, then they went back home and they faced Miami and just rocked them. And that kind of like, you know, was their slump buster. And I think that we can see something similar happen here for the Packers offense. Uh, I think that Aaron Rodgers can just blow this game up. Uh, The Dolphins are 29th in sack rate. 30th in quarterback hit rate. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 12 of his 15 touchdown passes this season from clean pockets. So I think it's a get-right spot for Aaron Rodgers. 
Ty Montgomery gone. Uh, Aaron Jones had season highs and touches, routes run, targets last week. Jamal Williams was about uh, did, did about half of, of the, the work that Aaron Jones did uh, last week. I think Aaron Jones can have a monster game. I mean, the Dolphins uh, have given up 5.1 yards per carry to opposing running backs over their last six, five rushing touchdowns. Uh, the Packers have been really good uh, in terms of run blocking, too. Uh, they are number three in the NFL in yards created before contact per rushing attempt. Geronimo Allison on injured reserve. So that's going to lock in Marcus Valdez-Scantling as the Packers' number two receiver. He has gone over 100 yards or scored a touchdown in four straight games. Uh, only has 11 fewer air yards than Devontae Adams in the last two weeks. Dolphins have given up the six most 20-plus yard completions and second most completions of 40-plus yards, which is really right down Marquez Vandes-Scantling's uh, alley as a 6'3 dude with 4'3'7 speed. Uh, man, he, he is a, he's a fun dude uh, playing in this offense with Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams uh, is going to be shadowed by Xavier Howard, uh, but uh, according to Pro Football Focus, Xavier Howard has given up 17 of 24 targets, 71% for 212 yards, 8.8 yards per attempt, and three touchdowns over the last six weeks. Xavier Howard is a very talented dude, but he's not a shutdown corner. And Devontae Adams, his rapport with Aaron Rodgers is bankable. Um Randall Cobb has not gone over 40 yards or scored a touchdown since week one. So, I mean, you know, the upside really just has not been there, and it's clearly not there, you know, even comparable to uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling. But I do kind of like him in this game. Uh, Packers or the Dolphins have been really shuffling dudes around in their secondary. Bobby McCain, last week they started with Minka Fitzpatrick, who had been a slot corner. He'd uh, they moved him outside, and they started out with Bobby McCain in the slot. Then they changed it, and then Bobby McCain got a concussion. Rashad Jones, their strong safety, who, you know, at one point, I mean, I would have considered him the best player in their defense, um, you know, for the past couple of years. He quit last week. I don't know. I, I don't know what the heck happened there, but he pulled himself out of the game. You know, so they just have like a lot of issues in the secondary, and um, I think that the Packers can exploit all that, uh, and Randall Cobb can can get a piece of that, and then Jimmy Graham. Uh, Dolphins have just been getting rocked by tight ends. Jimmy Graham is a lock and load fantasy play. Brock Osweiler uh, on the other side. Brock Osweiler, you know, the mark of a, a, a career backup quarterback is that, you know, they, they may have initial success when, when they go in the game, like we like we saw from Brock Osweiler immediately when he replaced Ryan Tannehill and he had um, a couple of good games, especially that game against the Bears. But, you know, as the sample size grows, um, they kind of get exposed. And that has been the case for Brock Osweiler. Uh, and, you know, that's compounded by the fact that they have not been able to protect him um, over the last uh, three weeks, he's been pressured on 50% of his dropbacks. Uh, that is the most in the league. Uh, the Packers are up to third in the NFL in sack rate. 
Uh, I really like the Packers plus the Packers defense plus Aaron Jones as a fantasy correlation play in DFS this week. Kenyon Drake had only seven touches last week, and he got out-snapped by Frank Gore for just the second time all year. And you know, the first thing that I did was I looked at the box score, and I was like, what the heck happened? And then I watched the game, and Kenyon Drake, uh, because he had averaged 13 and a half touches per game over the previous four. And so, and Frank Gore had 21 touches in this game. Uh, and then I watched the game, and Kenyon Drake – uh, gave up a sack on the Dolphins' first drive, uh, and it was it came on a blitz, and Avery and Avery Williams came up with the sack, and um, you know, and the the week before that, uh, Kenyon Drake had given up a sack to Tyrain Matthew, uh, and then later in the game he had more uh, pass protection problems, so. You know, I think that that's probably at the root of why we saw Kenyon Drake's snaps cut and his uh, usage cut in terms of touches. So that doesn't mean that he's not going to do anything this week. He should. I mean, he's one of the Dolphins' best playmakers. But it does make you question, you know, his his safety and, and his floor because Adam Gase is not necessarily committed to him, um, you know, based on making errors in the game. Uh, so that that is definitely a concern. The matchup is great, though. I mean, the Packers have given up four and a half yards per carry to, to opposing running backs. Last week, we saw ex-wide receiver Cordell Patterson rip him up for 11 carries, 61 yards, and two touchdowns. Blake Martinez, their best inside linebacker, doesn't look like he's going to play due to an ankle injury. Um, I mean, I, I would still play Kenyon Drake in season-long leagues, but you know, definitely some reasons for concern there. I mean, he's, he's got to stop get, getting beat in, in pass protection. Um, and the Packers blitz at, at the uh, number 10 rate in the NFL. Um, despite having that big workload last week, Frank Gore didn't go anywhere. Uh, he has one touchdown all season. He's been held to 60 yards or fewer from scrimmage in eight of nine games. Um, Osweiler... Uh, missed Danny Amendola last week for what would have been a 50-yard gain uh, early, uh, and uh, but but Amendola still wound up with five catches and he's caught five or more passes in all four of Brock Osweiler's starts. Um, and, you know, in this game where the Dolphins like they're likely to play from behind, uh, I think that Danny Amendola is probably going to catch a lot of passes. Uh, so he's a solid PPR play. Josh Jackson. Uh, is likely to play slot corner this week, uh, rookie out of Iowa, uh, because Kevin King is unlikely to play at outside cornerback. That means that Jair Alexander and Tremont Williams would be the Packers' outside cornerbacks. Uh, so pretty good matchup for Danny Amendola. Uh, <clears throat> you just look at the route totals, because Kenny Stills came back last week. Route totals, Danny Amendola and Devontae Parker both ran 29 routes. Last week, Kenny Stills comes back 17 routes. Jakeem Grant, 13 routes. Um, you know, I, I think that Devontae Parker is interesting as a bounce-back, like, DFS tournament play. He's number two uh, in, in uh, Josh Hermsmeyer's Air Yards Buy Low model, uh, which has had a lot of success this year. Uh, so, um, but, you know, I mean, definitely not a comfortable play, but there is upside in a game where the Packers or where the Dolphins are likely 
to you know throw the ball 35 to 40 times playing from behind against Green Bay. Uh, Mike Jasicki, catchless last week, zero touchdowns on the season. We can move on to the next one. Next one is Seattle and L.A. Before we get to that one, though, I do know, Evan, that there are some folks out there whose teams are not doing real well. And basically, you're already kind of realizing you're not going to make the playoffs. I get it. Look, I get it. I've been there. Not this year. I'm still doing pretty well, but I get it. So what you should do then is go to DraftKings. You choose when to play. You get to draft a new team every week. I know a lot of you guys have thought about, you know, DraftKings. You've heard about it. They have an all-new way to play fantasy when you draft players for just one game. Very, very cool. They're doing it for the Cowboys and the Eagles on Sunday night. So it's a contest that's just fantasy, guys, for that game. So make sure you're listening to Evan when he talks about that game in a couple minutes. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app today. Use the code FEAST to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $2 million in total prizes. Again, it's code FEAST. It's only at DraftKings, which is the game inside the game. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Seahawks at the Rams, Mr. Silva. Seahawks at the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I think that this game is a probable shootout. Um, the last two times that these teams played, very high scoring. Seahawks have played pretty good defense. Uh, seven straight quarterbacks to go up against them uh, have finished outside the top 12 in fantasy scoring. Uh, I think that Jared Goff is, you know, you look at his uh, historical results against Pete Carroll with Sean McVay as coach, 288 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, 120 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 321 yards, but one touchdown, two interceptions. Ultimately, like I'm betting on the Rams offense at the end of the day. Uh, But I definitely think that this is not necessarily like a gimme for Jared Goff. I do think it's a gimme for Todd Gurley. Look at his historical results against um, Seattle with Sean McVay as coach. Twenty-six carries, one hundred. Or I'm sorry, twenty-six touches, one hundred and thirteen yards, three touchdowns. Twenty-four touches, one hundred and eighty yards, four touchdowns. Uh, those are the last two uh, against Seattle. And we just saw the Chargers running backs rip up Seattle's run defense at CenturyLink Field, uh, over seven yards per carry plus. Uh, 23 receiving yards. You know, Todd Gurley at home now facing Seattle. I think that he has a monster, monster game. Robert Woods, uh, when these teams played in week five, had five for 92 on seven targets. Uh, He runs most of his routes at left cornerback. Shaq Griffin, the Seahawks left cornerback, has been a disappointment this year. Number 107 out of 111 cornerbacks in pro football focuses coverage grades robert woods five catches in eight straight weeks trey flowers the seahawks other cornerback uh, fifth round rookie uh this this is a dude that a lot of people thought was going to be a safety coming out of oklahoma state um he got burned up by marvin jones in week eight 
Uh, and then he gave up both of the Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams touchdowns last week. Brandon Cooks is, you know, a severe mismatch for this dude. I mean, Trey Flowers, like a big, you know, classic Seahawks corner at six foot three, two oh two. Brandon Cooks, smaller, shiftier, speedy guy. Um, you look at the uh, interior receivers that have faced off against uh, Seattle. Emmanuel Sanders, 10 for 135 and a touchdown. Keenan Allen last week busted his slump, 6 for 124. Cooper Cup in that week five game, 6 for 90 and a touchdown. Golden Tate, 7 for 50. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, coming back from his MCL sprain last week, played 60 of 60 offensive snaps, scored a 41-yard touchdown on a fourth-quarter catch-and-run. Uh, he is a great play uh, against Seattle. Uh, Gerald Everett drew a season-high five targets last week against the Saints. He ran a season-high 18 routes. He's kind of taken some time to develop coming out of uh, South Alabama, which is a D1AA school. But you have to remember Sean McVay viewed him as, as a guy like a future Jordan Reed. Uh, as you know, they, they took him very early in last year's draft. Um, he ran 4-6-2. He's in the mix now as a streamer. I think he's very, very unsafe. But, um, you know, he's a guy with a lot of upside. If, if you're in a dynasty league, make sure that you get this dude. Um, his upside is considerable. Uh, on the other side, Russell Wilson ran for a season-high 41 yards last week. Like to see that. Um, and his passing production would have been a lot better had David Moore not dropped the would-be game-winning touchdown catch. The ball was a little deflected, so it, it's definitely, you know, it's been a little harsh on David Moore to call it a um, to call it a drop, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I think he should catch that ball. Um, but uh, Russell Wilson, he's been held under 200 passing yards in all three of his meetings with the Rams since Wade Phillips became the Rams' defensive coordinator. Um you know, but I think that this Rams defense right now is just not the same that that it has been. Uh, Marcus Peters is playing at a, at a really really low level right now, uh, and I think that you know Tyler Lockett, David Moore, and Doug Baldwin can all can all exploit Marcus Peters with the way that he's playing right now. Um, Rams have given up a sixteen to three touchdown interception ratio over their last seven games, and you know th- this game. This game definitely could could be a shootout, and that bodes well for Russ. Don't know about Chris Carson. Um, as someone who has Mike Davis in a lot of leagues, though, kind of selfishly hoping that uh, Chris Har- Chris Carson sits this one out. Um, Rams giving up 4.7 yards per carry to running backs. Mike Davis has 20 targets and 17 catches, most among Seahawks running backs this year. Last week had eight targets. So even if the Seahawks fall behind, uh, Mike Davis can uh, he can have a solid floor, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Chris Carson bowed out early last week. Mike Davis had twelve or twenty-two touches. Rashad Penny only seven, and uh, Mike Davis only fifty-eight snaps. Rashad Penny only thirteen. So you know, that's where we are going if Chris Carson is out. This week, um, just wanted to mention Nick Vanette. So uh, he entered Week Nine with one touchdown in 30 career games, and he had never 
had 45 yards in a game. And then last week he had six catches for 52 and a touchdown on a career-high eight targets. Uh, he has run 37 routes uh, since Ed Dixon came back. Ed Dixon has run 25 routes. So I, I don't really know. I, you know, the matchup is good. The Rams have been bad against tight ends this year, uh, fifth most yards allowed to the position. Nick Vanette feels kind of point chasey, um, but, you know, he, he's definitely a guy that I wanted to mention. Baldwin, it should be good to go. Uh, you know, he didn't have big volume last week, but he went over 70 yards, dusted Michael Davis, uh, Chargers cornerback for a 42-yard catch down the sideline. Tyler Lockett is, you know, it's not going to change. He's going to be a low-volume guy who you need big plays and or touchdowns. Uh, to, to give you anything, his volume is just way down since Doug Baldwin came back. David Moore, very similar. I mean, you know, last week actually when he did get decent volume, he saw seven targets. Uh, he had two catches for 16 yards. He, you're going to need touchdowns from him. And he's, you know, he's got he's not going to score at that rate that he did over the previous, you know, couple of games. We can move on to the next one. Next one, Sunday night. Cowboys, Eagles, Eagles just announcing Darren Sproles expected to play, as is Lane Johnson. Awesome on Lane Johnson. Well, I was worried about that. I, I was legit worried that Lane Johnson was not going to play in this game. I think the Eagles offense is ready to explode. I think that they are a, um, they're a sleeping giant right now. First of all, just as a team – yeah, they're four and four, and you know everybody just looks at records. You know, you know, be less lazy. They, if you look at their 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 losses, they have lost their four losses by a combined fifteen points. Uh, I mean, they they you know they're this is like a a, a prime like positive regression team um, that is going to start winning their their you know their one score games in the second half of the year. And now they're coming off their bye and they're facing this dead Cowboys team that just lost Sean Lee playing on a short week. I mean, that loss was devastating for the Cowboys. They should they needed that game. There was no way that they could afford to lose that game. Now they dropped to 3 and 5. I think the Eagles are going to just drop hammers on them. I think the Carson Wentz can have a monster game against Dallas. I think that, uh, oh, and Warren Sharp uh, recently noted that the Eagles have one of the softest schedules in terms of opposing pass defenses. In the second half, they go out, they acquire Golden Tate. You know, Alshon is, is all systems go. Dallas Goddard is a beast. Zach Ertz is a beast. Um, you know, Aguilar can't play any worse than he has. Um so, uh, you know, they did not acquire a running back uh, before the trade deadline, which seemed like a distinct possibility, and Lane Johnson is good to go. So I think that this offense explodes in the second half, and you want to be on the right side of that. Running back is just, just throwing up my hands. You know, Wendell Smallwood got rocked in pass protection in uh, the London game. And don't know about his playing time. You mentioned Sproles is coming back. Josh Adams, I think, has been their best like interior runner. Undrafted rookie out of Notre Dame, but he doesn't play at all in the passing game. Uh, Corey Clement was the third string running back in London. 
I'm going to give him another week, you know, where I have him probably just to see what happens. But he's on the verge of being droppable. Um, hit five yards on five touches in that game. Uh, Golden Tate went nuts against this same Dallas secondary. Six for 130. I'm sorry, eight for 132 and a touchdown when they played in week four. Uh, he has had uh, ample time to practice with Carson Wentz and get comfortable in the offense. Uh, by game day, he will have been in Eagle for almost two full weeks. Uh, so uh, I think that he is a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside down the stretch. The Cowboys have been great against receivers kind of of Alshon Jeffries type. They have a lot of size at outside cornerback. Um, uh, so and he runs uh, Alshon Jeffrey runs the most routes on the team at right cornerbacks where Byron Jones plays and Byron Jones has been just terrific this season. So that is a concern for Alshon. Ultimately, I think that in this passing game, um, want to bet on Alshon much more often than not. Uh, Nelson Aguilar not usable with Golden Tate in Philly. I think that there is some chance that he Golden Tate takes a bite out of Zach Ertz's volume i mean zach Ertz getting like you know nine to 14 targets every game uh probably gonna take a little bit of a hit but you know zach Ertz leads all uh tight ends and catches second in red zone targets third in start targets inside the 10 uh he is a great play every week uh and then you know i think that tate added takes dallas goddard out of uh, fantasy consideration and Jordan Matthews, but those guys are going to hang around and pop up for big plays at times and, you know, help the cause of Carson Wentz as opposed to the cause of people who play in fantasy. Uh, the Eagles stopped using Dak Prescott. I'm sorry, the Cowboys stopped using Dak Prescott as a runner, as a proactive runner uh, on Monday night. You know, uh, it's, I don't know what they're thinking. They, they gave up five sacks and um, they deserve to lose. And I don't think that uh, they're going to have you know, offensive success here against Philly. I do think it's notable that the mobile quarterbacks have given the Eagles the most problems this year. It's been Cam Newton, and it's been Marcus Mariota. Uh, so that, that is something that I thought was notable for Dak Prescott as a positive Ultimately, I don't think that he is, is going to play well. Cow, or Eagles lead the NFL in quarterback hit rate, and the Cowboys' offensive line, um, not good in pass protection anymore, unfortunately. Zeke Elliott, really, really difficult matchup. Uh, Eagles might get back Timmy Jernigan, um, who was their best run-stopping defensive lineman last year, have held opposing running backs at 3.7 yards per carry, only two touchdowns in eight games. Um Cowboys need to use him in the passing game. Philly has given up the 10th most receiving yards to opposing running backs. Last week, Ezekiel Elliott had 96 total yards in the first half, six touches in the final two quarters. Amari Cooper has the best matchup among the Cowboys' skill position players. Eagles have given up the fourth most yards per game to opposing wide receiver groups. This first-round pick that the Cowboys sent to the Raiders is going to end up being a top-10 pick. And the Cowboys are highly, highly incentivized to force production to Amari Cooper and, you know, make it. This is how the Cowboys operate. You know, they try to like they're not really in touch with reality. 
and uh, they're, they're going to try to you know create like a smoke screen to make it look like uh, th- this was some great trade. They're going to sign him to an extension, which they have to do anyways because they can't afford his fourteen million dollar cap hit next year. Um, but they're going to force hit him the rock, and uh, I think that he is actually going to be a good play the rest of the way. Uh, Michael Gallup led the team in air yards last week, finished with 51 scoreless yards on six targets. He's like a wide receiver for Cole Beasley. Took a huge hit in terms of volume. Let's move on to the Monday Nighter. The Monday Nighter, it's the Giants, it's the Niners. Probably will be plenty of tickets available, so you can probably get a real good price. I should look it up, but I'm guessing real good price over at SeatGeek.com. I've told you guys before, it's like kayak when you're buying flights for a plane that brings in United and American and Delta and whatever. Same type of deal. SeatGeek brings in all these different tickets, and then from there you can see the best prices for the game you want to go to. So see the matchup everybody's been clamoring for, Manning versus Mullins, using the promo code FEAST at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. And you get $20 off already the lowest ticket price out there. That is awesome. Again, SeatGeek.com or even better, the app, the SeatGeek app, promo code FEAST. Life's an event. We have the tickets. You get $20 off. Manning Mullins. Go, Evan. Manning Mullins, yeah. Um, Nick Mullins, whoo, he was awesome against the Raiders. Uh, You know. We have to adjust for opponent here, um, but he executed the offense. And, you know, C.J. Beathard was at his best when he was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And then he started to kind of, you know, regress to holding the ball in, in the pocket too long. And, you know, he started taking a ton of hits and getting hurt. And, you know, he was ineffective. And But what Nick Mullins did is he got the ball out 2.26 seconds Average time to throw against the Raiders, fastest among all quarterbacks in week nine. And that's a, a, a you know, that takes a, an impressive kind of like burst patient because the Raiders like don't generate any pressure. So, you know, I think that as a quarterback, you might even uh, expect the, the quarterback to take a little bit extra time because. He's not being hurried, but you know Nick Mullins just got the ball out, and, and that that was cool to see. And he gave his receivers and his tight ends run after catch chances. And there's not much more that you can ask from a dude making his, you know, stepping onto an NFL regular season field for the first time in his life. Um, I think that he is like a deep league streamer and two quarterback league locked in starter against the Giants. Giants are another team that that do not does not generate pressure. Uh, Nick Mullins was recruited to Southern Miss by Todd Monken, the Bucks' offensive mastermind, completed 63, over 63% of his throws over his final two college seasons, 8.6 yards per attempt, um, seven rushing touchdowns. He's got a little moxie to him, man. I, I, I am excited to see him on Monday night against the Giants. Uh, so the Niners played their week nine game on Thursday night football and they returned for week 10 on Monday night. So that gave Matt Breida 
a few extra days to get his aggravated high ankle sprain back right. Um, and Raheem Mostert broke his arm. So that elevates Matt Breida's workload projection. Matt Breida is a really, really interesting play against the Giants. Giants have allowed 100-plus rushing yards in six of eight games, 11 touchdowns to running backs. 49ers offensive line, number three in the NFL in yards created before contact per carry. Uh, Alfred Morris going to be a touchdown-reliant flex option. Matt Breida upside RB2 play. Nick Mullins was so good against the Raiders, he snapped Pierre Garçon's streak of 18 games without scoring a touchdown. Uh, Garçon also led the team in air yards. Uh, He is like a wide receiver three slash flex play. Marquise Goodwin um, was less apparent. Uh, He is going to probably draw Janoris Jenkins, but Janoris Jenkins is kind of in that same boat as Marcus Peters. Most touchdown catches allowed among cornerbacks this year has given up six 74% completion rate on throws into his coverage. Uh, on the last time that Janoris Jenkins played on Monday night football, Marvin Hall, the Falcons fifth receiver, just mossed him for a 47 yard touchdown bomb. Uh, so uh, Marquise Goodwin, you know, he's boom bust. He's low volume, but uh, he's got a good matchup. And, um, you know, Nick Mullins is, is an accurate passer. George Kittle, stud, you know, what What else needs to be said? He's like a top three NFL tight end, if not uh, number one. I think that I would probably give it to Kelsey right now. Gronk has not played at at, the, at, at his peak level. Uh, but I think that, you know, it's it, it, would, it would be Kelsey for me, number one, and George Kittle, number two, just in terms of all-around tight ends. Uh, Giants sticking with Eli Manning against the 49ers. Um 49ers have no pass rush, and then all of a sudden in week nine had eight sacks against the Raiders. So, um, you know, I would I, Eli Manning, is his protection is going to be an issue. He has no quick twitch athleticism left. It's just such a bad combination behind that offensive line. Uh, Saquon Barkley on pace to break Matt Forte's all-time record for receptions by a running back. Uh, 49ers have given up the fifth most catches to running backs this year. Uh, Saquon Barkley, every week stud. Only Christian McCaffrey, James Conner, and Todd Gurley have played more snaps per game than Saquon Barkley. In uh, the pass catcher core, Odell Beckham uh, on pace for career highs and catches in yards this season. Uh, does not have enough touchdowns, but you know, touchdowns do tend to come in bunches. Uh, Richard Sherman always plays left cornerback, and Odell Beckham runs 51% of his routes to other areas of the field. Uh, so he is not going to like get lost in Richard Sherman's coverage by any means. And I think he probably whipped Richard Sherman uh, in a lot of one-on-one matchups. Sterling Shepard, seven-plus targets in six straight games. Um, Niners have gotten rocked by slot receivers Golden Tate went for over 100 yards. So did Marcus Valdez-Scantling when he was playing a lot in the slot. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald uh, in their last game over 100 yards. Uh, Adam Thielen over 100 yards. So uh, good matchup for Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram back from the MCL injury. His target counts were 4-9 and nine before the Giants' bye against the Falcons and the Redskins. 
He scored two touchdowns this year, but both of them have come in fourth quarter garbage time. Um, the matchup is good. The 49ers have been hit really hard by injuries at safety, but I think it's clear at this option, I'm sorry, it's clear at this point that uh, Evan Ingram uh, is the number four option in the Giants passing game behind Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, and Sterling Shepard, and that takes care of the slate. And that'll do it for part two of the Fantasy Feast Eaton podcast. You guys know what to do. If you want to get one of those $100 credits in your betonline.ag account, as well as if you want to ask Evan any question ever, I'm totally stuffed. Take advantage of any of our sponsors. We also love the retweets on Twitter, the likes on Facebook. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.